Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, um, I have a, uh, a duo that goes uh, by the, the the name Armillaria. Yep. I said it right. Okay, great. We uh, think. Yeah, and we think. We think. Uh, you can look it up because it's actually it's a word that uh, is. You, I'll give this one to you. Like what what it actually means. Yeah, it's basically a honey fungus. Uh, it's like a kind of invasive parasitic organism that just destroys trees. Um, and they're kind of known for being some of the oldest and largest organisms in the world. Mm. So pretty intense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't fucking know that until just <laughs> now. So that's... <laughs> that's I'm gonna look that up later, but for now we're gonna talk about their artistry, their music, everything they're working on. Um, this guy over here also plays in a project called Honeymooners, uh, he plays in Karen's, and he plays in the band Social Caterpillar, uh, as well as music under his own name, so he's got a lot of projects going on. Uh, so Eli Smith and Lon and Castro, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks. Excited to be here. You're very welcome. Excited as well. Uh, <clears throat> how are your days going? Uh, Pretty good. Yeah. I, I just worked. Like, made a drawing at work. It's pretty nice. safe. So. Where do you work? A uh, mental health clinic called The Bridge. Okay. I do, like, administrative stuff and reception. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's a good job. Very. That's great. I mean, you get to draw. Yeah. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> nice. Uh, how about you, Lonnie? I called into my job at Starbucks. Well, you were, which Starbucks do you work at? I work in Gurney, Illinois. Oh, so wow. So I actually still live there, and I'm, I commute... Damn. You're like right on the borders. So. Yeah, it's not terribly far. I mean, up here, it's sometimes depending on traffic, it can take like an hour to get here, but it's not too bad. Sure. But yeah, I was certain that I had um, pink eye this morning, <laughs> and um, I, we texted slash called. We interfaced with my mom's uh, boyfriend, who's a doctor, and he was like, "Yeah, it looks like uh, should take a look at that." So I called in, and then I slept all day, and then nice. I came here, and I'm feeling a lot better. So. I'm glad. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, cheers to uh, to a great podcast <laughs> and, not having pink eye. and to not having pink eye. Hopefully. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, young fart. That yeah. is that is me for the next hour. Um, cactus Club. Oh yeah. Oh, it's like not Cactus the Club. The Cactus Club. The Cactus Club. The cactus club. Not just the any Cactus Club. No, the, <laughs> the one in V. Ohio Cactus Club. Golf is great. Golf is good. Let my ball land where it should. Oh, very nice. <laughs> yes, that's a prayer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have my golf clubs right there, and I haven't used them in like three years. Nice. Um, yeah, I used to caddy back home, oh. so like I was like, I kind of like got interested in golfing, um, but I just never devoted the time to it. John golfs though, right? He does. Go golfing with John. John. John Larkin from Karen. Oh wow, John Larkin, Karen. Let's uh, let's go tee off. Uh, yeah, let's go oh hit. Yeah. Let's go hit the links. Hit, hit some yeah. balls. We'll go to yeah. We'll go uh, do some uh, some do some pit, some pitching over by Lake Park. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hut Yes. Um, so um, well, that's, that's very nice. Um, yeah, uh, we're drinking whiskey with honey and apple juice. 
Uh, <laughs> I think it's very fitting uh, for this time of year as the uh, cold settles in. Uh, thank you, you for thank you for bringing the the goodies. <laughs> what do you think? It's the camp cocktail. For, it's for very chilly good. night. It is very good. It makes me want to, you know, settle down and watch Blair Witch. And, oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's that time. Yeah, I've been uh, trying to for the rest of the month. I'm trying to like watch like one horror movie a day. Nice. A day. A day. Wow, yeah. That's what have you yeah. watched so far? Uh, so I just started this like two days ago. Oh. Okay. <laughs> but uh, first, I watched Lights Out. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah, that's a good. That was a good one. Um, it was pretty scary. Uh, yeah. Thought the ending was very abrupt, but that was the only. Thing. Have you seen it based on a short film? Have you yeah. Seen it? I, no, I haven't. The short film spooked me good. Oh wow. I watched that before, but. Yesterday it wasn't a horror, but it was a thriller. Um, it was Panic Room. Uh, the David Fincher movie. That's scary. It was, I mean, it was... As long as it's a scary... It's a lot of suspense, you yeah. know, because, you know, Jodie Foster's fucking great, and then a very young uh, Kristen Stewart. Uh, I mean, it was like... I like the kind of like the thematic material about the movie, though, like with, like, um, there's, like, a lot of feminist undertones in the movie. Uh, it, talk, it touches on, like, mortality and stuff like that. I don't know, it's... Fincher's a great director. Um, but now I uh, have to revisit my list and see what I'm going to watch next. Yeah. I'm excited to see The Lighthouse. Oh, yeah. Not exactly horror, but it looks like a, a, jolly, a jolly room. Yeah, yeah. I, oh. <laughs> I haven't seen Midsummer yet. I haven't either. Yeah. I really want to. Some people are about it, mm -hmm. but I like Same with Joker. Lot, so. I haven't seen Joker yet. I'm really. kind of leaning towards wanting to see that too. Now. Me too. Like, Apparently it's a really powerful depiction of mental illness and I'm kind of like interested. Like pseudo effect? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was, remember seeing TV commercials for like get help for your pseudo vulgar effect. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Elisa said it was good. Yeah. She said mm -hmm. it was like... Yeah. Fun. I mean, mo I feel <laughs> like I feel like more of the negative press that movie got was more from like like articles that were shared like that people like pe where like things in the news about it rather mm. than like my actual like are we gonna have another dark night yeah thing or yeah but like most of my friends that i saw on like facebook a lot of them really liked it so i definitely want to watch it yeah but, i think things like that you end up getting a lot of like the sort of edgelord audience coming yeah. forward and being like <laughs> and if you can just wade through that and put it aside and enjoy the content yeah. Usually you'll have a fine time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is a, well, it is the spoopy season, so. Um, spoops to you. <laughs> spoops back. Um, spoops off to you. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so, uh, what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear through our passionate and creative minds. Um, so, uh, the first time I met you, Eli, was uh, in uh, Nausicaa. Nausicaa, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, we met. At a, it was actually at an Apollo Vermouth show at That's right, in yeah. Matt's That's basement. Yeah. <laughs> we were just sitting cross-legged uh, on the floor, and I was like right next to you, and you're like, "You're Ben, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, aren't you Ey?" He's like, "Yeah, I play in Social Caterpillar because I had like just written about you guys in Breaking Entering." Oh, okay. And yeah, then we like started sense. talking about Animal Collective. I yeah. remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, started seeing it at shows like all the time after that, and yeah. now... It's like you just appeared. You, you appeared out of... Yeah, yeah. I, I 
This this year. Now I see you places. Yeah. Well, this year was actually very like uh, transformative in that way because like I wasn't really going to shows at all like until this past year because oh. I know I missed out. Uh, it took me a while, um, but I I got done with school last year and then after, um, and I feel like I was looking towards like oh I want a job at eighty eight nine you know because like. Um, I wanted, uh, you know, I was, like, looking at, I was pouring over, like, trying to find a job online, but I wasn't in the mindset of, like, well, what, how about in the meantime I build a portfolio and, like, cover, like, local shows and, like, meet people and, like, actually give myself some kind of outlet. Because um, I did want to, I wanted to do music journalism, um, like, with my degree, but... Um, I, yeah, I guess it, like, took some soul-searching to, like, realize, like, wow, there's a really cool music scene here. I should, like, start seeing what it's all about. So now I'm, I'm, I'm enamored with it, love it, I can't get enough of it. That's great. A couple shows a day, or, eh, a couple shows a week. <laughs> um, <laughs> Damn. But yeah, so I did kind of, <laughs> I did kind of just appear, though, because, I mean, there's a lot to cover. I mean, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of really great artists oh, it's and it's incredibly diverse. Bands. Like, yeah. it's just really cool. That's something that, I mean, I'm not from here, you yeah. know, I'm still not from right, here. Right, right. And yeah. just coming up here and experiencing... When I, yeah, and I was like mostly... crazy. I was mostly like kind of exposed to the hip-hop scene first, because mm. um, I had a lot of friends that were like involved in it, and then... It took me a little longer to get more into like the indie, like experimental and noise scene, and now like I'm like, wow, tell me where all the F10 shows are. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like John Mueller was at a company. Did he? Oh yeah. I saw you there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That show was amazing. Was... I fucking I love John Mueller. Oh my god, that stuff was... is amazing. I just bought one of his records actually. Oh, it came in the mail like today. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was such a treat getting to see that. Like. Yeah. Yeah, like. For those of you who don't know, John Mueller, uh, he's a he's a percussionist, like an experimental percussionist, and like his whole thing is trying to like turn percussion, which is normally like a rhythm, and turning it into the actual like focal point of like a musical piece. And um, he the, like he just sits in the middle of like four gongs <laughs> and just like it's just drumming like you know with crescendos like going in and out and. Very, very unique. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but it was really fucking... It was amazing, though. But shows like that are happening, like, you know, uh, around Riverwest, uh, uh, thriving DIY scene here. Like, there's just, like, the more, like, I was going to shows, the more I just wanted to keep exploring and seeing what was yeah. going on. So it just, that just turned into hitting a lot of shows in a short amount of time. That's nice. Nice. Where does the name Mr. Nice Guy come from? Uh, it... I remember seeing that initially, and I was like, huh. <laughs> it's kind of like, it kind of just came to me one day. Like, I uh, I had been wanting to do a podcast for a while, and, like, after I went to, like, uh, I went to, like, a networking event at a studio, like, down the street, and it was just, like, really inspiring, and I'm like, okay, wow, like, I met all these cool people last night. Now I want to, like, actually have an idea for, like, what I want to do. So I was thinking, like, if I did a podcast and, like, I interviewed artists, like, what could I make it about? And I'm like, what could I call it? So I was thinking of, like, huh, like, 
nicest guy in Milwaukee, nicest guy you'll ever meet, like, Milwaukee's nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to hurt you. Right. Come into my house and I'll interview you and torture you later. Yeah, you can play with my cat in the meantime. But then it just kind of came Mr. Nice Guy. Because it was a pre already like invented phrase. Yeah, so. Okay. But I mean, I feel like it kind of reflects, it embodies me just because like I love to just. I, I look for the good in people. Yeah, like, you're delightful. My God, thank you. Yeah, thank you. You're like genuinely really, really nice. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I just I love hearing what people have to I say. I'm, now I'm interviewing you, but I was like, I remember <laughs> I saw the name of the podcast and I was like, this sounds a little, almost a little bit sinister. That's so nice. There's no way. Right. I'm gonna flip it and reverse it, and then we're gonna start like by the end of this, we're gonna be in tears. Just. I hope so. Ah, no one does. Uh, pe- no one. Does, People have and anyone has yet to cry on the show. Actually, oh wow! Today's gonna be the first time. Oh yeah, great. get ready! I cried yeah. on my way here. We're gonna get I'm not here, but to your. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> really? Damn! Hailhound. We're gonna get. You got oh, me. That'll do it. <laughs> again. No. This is a. Whew. I believe that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm 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 just I'm fascinated by like everyone's process and what they're passionate about and how they're making sense of uh, you know this reality. You know, uh, and, yeah, I mean, it, and it's really, really cool to, like, be able to meet people out on the scene at shows and, you know, like, on Riverwest or Bayview or wherever, but this this is actually gives an opportunity for me to, like, actually intimately get to know who you are, why you do what you do, and just, like, you know, what the hell is going through your mind, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so, on that note, let's, uh, so let's get into it a little bit. So, Eli, we'll start with you, I guess, like, uh... Uh, you know, obviously you play in a lot of different projects, and you have for quite some time. Um, where did you start finding music in your life as, like, somewhat of a creative outlet? Uh, I started playing guitar when I was, like, eight years old, I think, and I uh, was, like, really into playing, like, Green Day songs or something when I started playing. It's usually how people start. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like, you could describe anybody's started yeah. start playing that way. Yeah, I was playing Green Day. Um, yeah. And, uh... <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, you said I mean. I was, yeah, I think it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's I, mean, I think I was talking with somebody, you know, about their like start of playing music recently, and they said the exact same thing. Like, mm-hmm. I was playing Green Day songs or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah. That's so, the reason why a lot of kids our age picked up a guitar for the first Green time. Day. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lexa, thank you, Green Day. Yeah. Lexa, thank you, Bass Green Day. Thank you, um, Billy Joe. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think. So I, I guess to give a, a brief synopsis of what came after that, I started playing string bass in my school orchestra when I was like 10, uh, and I'm trying to think, I was like messing around on drums at home, I had my grandpa's old drum set and would just like mess around and start playing stuff, um, and slowly I would like start to record my own stuff. When I was like 13 or 14 I was recording just demos at home. Uh, and I think music started to feel significant uh, when I started playing with Elisa, who you've had on the show, who's in Paul Vermouth and Operations currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started a post-rock band called uh, Wasted Islands uh, when I was like 15 or something. And um, that band felt really significant in terms of being like a really palpable emotional outlet, you know, feeling like a confused, lonely teenager. I was like, 
you know, latching onto this thing. I was like, yes, this band. And mm -hmm. um, I was like really happy with how we sounded at shows. Um, and it always just felt really good kind of in this instinctual way to play that music, I think. For some reason, we would play these songs that were like eight minutes long and were, yeah. they had like two chords just over and over and mm -hmm. um, very like simple music, you know, uh, conceptually, but just really cathartic to play. Um, and when I was like 16, I started doing just like solo music, um, you know, recording the different instruments like guitar and experimenting with sound textures like, you know, guitar run through delay pedals and like reverse piano loops and stuff and um, like samples that I found on the internet and all those things kind of collaging stuff into songs. Um, and uh, I put out my first EP with that stuff, I think, right after I graduated from high school, and then put out another, like a full-length record a couple of years later, and then another full-length the year after that, mm -hmm. um, under the name Honeymooners, which you've yeah, like saw you a little at, bit. Yeah, I saw you at High Dive. Um, yeah, what would you uh, decide on that name? <laughs> I don't know. I'm bad with names. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, yeah. I had a name before that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the reasoning was dumb. I don't even know if I want to. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think the explanation I'll give is that I like the way the two composite words sounded together, like honey and moon, and the composite like word. I was like, sure, that sounds good. Yeah. There was. I don't know. That's pretty much it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel that. I mean, I'm. Uh, nomenclature is a fascinating science to me as well. So. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about like the images that come to your brain when you hear the two words and then you mesh them together and like, wow, this is actually kind of like a. It has some kind of like tasteful, uh, like picturesque idea of like what I'm trying to do. Yeah, totally. That's kind of what it felt like. And uh, I'm trying to think of other things that kind of answer your question. I did study music. I studied uh, music composition and technology at UWM down the street, um, and was making a lot of like experimental music. Um, uh, in the time I was in school, I was messing around with. Uh, tape a lot, like I was destroying cassette tapes with like nail polish remover and stuff. And mm -hmm. um, nice. So uh, yeah, on that note of tape loops, I know I know that like your some of your honeymooners tapes you were recording like <laughs> at, around Milwaukee. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, the last honeymooners album it's called Nowhere. Um, <laughs> it's such a weird album. Like, I was listening yeah. to it before you, uh, really? before you got here, actually. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, Are you in an okay headspace? Or I am. I, no, I, I really like the... Uh, That's the, funny. I like the whole like AM radio uh, aesthetic that you that you kind of like focus on. I, I like it. I mean, <laughs> you yeah. may look at that and be like, what was I doing? But I mean, hey, kind of. <laughs> I, I thought it was cool. Yeah, I guess to kind of elaborate on what you were talking about with the tape loops. Yeah, that record, I was just like, yeah, really fascinated with tape uh, for the duration of making that one and I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think that was the initial spark of the idea for making stuff for that record. I was like, I want to manipulate tape like physically and change how it sounds. So I started like thrifting cassette tapes and soaking them in nail polish remover to like physically degrade them 
and then I would cut them into loops and like either keep the original material, whether it was like a Hank Williams tape or a new age like piano and bird sounds thing. Yeah. Um, and then I would sometimes record over the stuff on the tapes. Uh, and then I started, you know, getting into making field recordings. I mm -hmm. went to the port of Milwaukee. Um, trying to think of where else I went. Um, that was a primary place for sure. Um, and started using like radio recordings and I would circuit bend a radio via like unscrewing the back of a like portable cassette player mm -hmm. and then, um, you know, applying my fingers to it to mess with the connections in the device to make it sound like unpredictable and chaotic and mm -hmm. um, would like also write songs, play guitar and sing and um, yeah, I guess I wanted that record to sound like it was like these mysterious transmissions from nowhere. I had this kind of like weird fantasy of sounds like bubbling up from the ground of this like remote place and like being transmitted in this like imperfect kind of yeah. uh, almost disturbing way. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the yeah. listener. That's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that, there was yeah there was like a loose concept around that album and. It was supposed to kind of arise out of nothing and then slowly decay into nothing. Like the last track is just like these, like it's a blank tape loop I recorded. It's like literally the sound of a room and it slowly kind of decays. So I uh, was thinking a lot about the futility of, <laughs> so I'm fucking dumb. Like the, <laughs> I'm great at being interviewed, right? Uh, <laughs> hey, no, I, I'm following. Uh, I, just yeah. like the, I don't know, futility of, uh, I don't know, like human endeavor kind of, or like, mm. you know, the, um, the weirdness of constructing meaning in a culture that is inherently destructive and um, kind of horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of the, the loose like concept. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I think that there's a, there's a certain beauty to remoteness. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that especially yeah. like gets realized pretty well with like ambient or noise or just you know studio experimentations like that um, yeah tape loops and whatnot so especially with like the album cover of like you just like on the side of of like a road um, right yeah you know that's on the edge of like the country sounds that are that like speak to that that feeling of like a, it's like a freedom of sorts i don't know yeah i hope that i hope that made sense <laughs> yeah definitely it's a good way of putting it yeah, yeah. so uh lonnie uh so how about you with <laughs> with um your own musical background mm. and, uh, how it became somewhat of an outlet for you that's a good question ben um as a kid, my my brother and my mom and I, like when I was really, I think probably like two on, um, we had this Yamaha electric keyboard, which was like top of the line for the 90s, you know. It had this um, setting where it would play a demo song, and there were like five different demo songs, and we had three favorites, and we would go wild dancing. I mean, one time I was dancing so hard to one of the demo songs on this Yamaha keyboard that I threw up. That's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Dance and performance has been huge nice. for me, like as a child and growing up, even though it hasn't been something that I've necessarily pursued um, academically or uh, I don't really have proper training in anything. Um, I learned like basic piano skills on that keyboard as I got a little older and then. 
you know, my grandma, uh, my dad's mom, uh, always had this upright piano and I would play on it and try to just, you know, learn as I go. But I didn't have lessons or anything until probably, God, I mean, I, I joined band in fourth grade mm -hmm. as percussionist and I played the glockenspiel. Um, and it was really bad because I never practiced and I've always had a lot of trouble just like getting myself to sit and focus and practice. And I think now we know that I have ADD, <laughs> but back then we didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, to me, music is something that's tied in, you know, with visual arts and performing arts as it is a performing art, but also, you know, with movement and dance is something that's all, you know, stuck together. I've always been really into sort of physical expressions of whatever's going on up here or what you can draw from that and explore mm -hmm. with uh, within your movements, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, I think we've talked a lot about um, sometimes, like, music that's uh, completely produced electronically or, you know, doesn't... I, I love it, but sometimes it doesn't do it for me. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, we like, yeah. In the sense that it's not... It hasn't been created physically. It's not... I don't know, and for me, like, making music is something that's so physical. Like... It's a, it's a bodily. It's a bodily experience. It's yeah. a very yeah. like visceral thing. It can be, and you know, like with drones. And, I'm rambling, but yeah, I, I never. <laughs> uh, I took cello lessons when yeah. I was a kid for like several years, but I didn't practice. Um, so I, I have like minimal experience yeah. in all sorts of avenues. My uh, biology teacher in high school was like, "You're so smart and talented." But you need to pick a thing. Yeah. So I was like, I like photography, and I'm going to join the improv troupe, and I'm going to try to be really good at, at science, but also I want to figure skate, and I'm going to play cello also, and I want to sing in uh, the choir. And he was like, okay. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. You know, and that's why I dropped out of college, and after like a semester, and I came home, and um, my, my experience with performing music like publicly is probably super, super, super a little pee compared to a lot of the people I know, but <clears throat> I did. I played in a band like very briefly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we played like a few shows, and we were in, kind of in the midst of recording stuff when I was kicked out. Probably justly. That was kind <laughs> of a, in a. I think also like my mental state has yeah. contributed a lot to like how much I've been able to put myself out there and mm -hmm. uh, kind of get things done in that sure, sense, sure. but. I mean, music <clears throat> and dance and movement has, has always been a pretty important outlet to me. I mean, like, I've been making up songs forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as, you know, as, as children do, they sing yeah. whatever. And, uh, but I think a lot of people tend to try to just leave that. It's one of those kid things, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't click with you, then you don't carry on with it. But I think for me, even if I don't record it, I'll just be like, yelling and singing mm -hmm. <laughs> in my yeah. house and it feels really good and I know that that's something that I like to do so I'm like okay that's a sign that I need to keep doing this and um, I've put up a couple of demos and stuff on SoundCloud but nothing I don't have any really recorded music out there that's worth listening to. Soon. Soon. Yeah, well, yeah, well, well, yeah so I mean we've been <clears throat> we started <clears throat> probably improving together what a couple months ago? Two or three months. Two or three yeah. months ago um, after I mean yeah, so Rick Ullman of uh, Seed Sounds has been running this um, free improv uh, 
uh, workshop. Workshop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we found that word at a, at a, the jazz gallery, and I came along to that one day and found that like I really enjoyed it. And like improv is something that I like to do in general. Like when I'm playing at home, I'll play piano for a couple hours, just improvising. But doing it in a group is really fun, and that's something that. I think like I've been exploring with that and with Eli, we've just been having a lot of fun with that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's awesome. Expanding, so. Hell yeah, and well it's really, I mean it's fantastic that you know you uh, are have been getting so much more immersed in it like over the last couple of years and also like to make a point that like how much you play out doesn't determine you know how great or meaningful something can be. Yeah, like, for a long time, I mean, it was yeah. something that was very personal to me. Like, I would record these songs and just keep them on my hard drive, or I'd have all these, I have like 200 voice memos of different things, and yeah. it's something that I feel a lot of the time is kind of like, I invalidate it, because I'm like, well, I'm not playing shows, I don't have any albums, but it's like, I'm still doing it. Yeah, of course. Um, and so it, it is something that's important to me. It's been very private, but it's been kind of cool to, I mean, we played a show at Frenia House. Shout out to Frenia, Pedro. Frenia is the best. Frenia is yeah. the best. Music out. They love the, their house. Pedro. The loveliest people in the world. <laughs> They're great. Yeah, they so had great. us in their house, um, and we played a show with uh, let's see, Kelly Francis Carrado, Apollo Vermouth, um, and Ellie Jackson. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah awesome. So we it's played first, which was nice because cool. I didn't have to. <laughs> we just played for a short bit, but it was really fun. And <clears> yeah, yeah. shouts out Frenia. But yeah, I mean. I think for everybody out there too who who may play music in the comfort of their own home or something like oh like I I don't really you know I don't know how many people are like that that are kind of like oh, I don't really play music because I don't play in a band but I kind of want to and I don't know what I'm doing right. like yeah. you're not less of a, an artist or just because other people see it you know right. or hear it I, I mean it's it's understandable yeah. there's a lot of people who walk around like I'm a musician I play you know but and it's and it's okay to want to play shows but not feel like you're ready to yet because if you're not ready to and you try to play a show you're gonna feel shitty about it <laughs> i've been there you know yeah. while you're playing and you feel like you make an ass out of yourself and you might make an ass out of yourself but you know <clears throat> i feel like something that i have to tell myself all the time is like oh i have the ability to do this and it's something that i enjoy so yeah. like, i need to keep doing it just even if it's like in my living room Totally. <laughs> you know, by myself. It's okay. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. Like, when you, like, can feel yourself getting excited when you're talking about something, that's how you know that this is something that really, like, means a lot to you. Yeah. And when you're talking about something that, um, something that indicates goals that you've set for yourself, too, it's another huge way that, way of telling that what you're doing really does matter and like you want to like actually go somewhere with it and that's you know like and you know i think that we're so predispositioned to like compete with mm. like our surroundings and to make it and to like compare our journeys and our odysseys to others uh yeah definitely on, like, socialized at least to be like yeah you know i need to step up and get up there. yeah yeah it's like if you want to do that and that's your goal. That's great. Go for it. But you don't have to do that. All right. But and like everyone is, everyone's like learning and and uh, progressing at their own pace. Well, I yeah, mean, and starting at different yeah. times. Oh, I mean, yeah. I 
because I've been on and off in so many things in the last, yeah. you know, 22 years. How old am I? I'm 23. 23. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was doing when I was one, but uh, I mean, <laughs> Playing you know, a lot of music, you, I'll tell you, you sometimes yeah. you fall off the wagon at one and a half and you gotta get on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, for me, it's something, I, I feel like a, like a fool when I say that, you know, I play music, but for me, I have to remember that it's something that is important to me and something that gives me peace and an outlet and that's um, what counts joy and that's what counts and I think like that's Mm -hmm. something that I feel like a lot of people I know could stand to remember so if you're listening and if I don't know you but you feel like that it's good it's okay right yeah like you know it's gonna feel you feel like garbage all the time that's fine yeah (laughs) just just sit down and do do some music for an hour you'll feel so much better but something I've learned from covering shows here is that like, is this gonna happen? Yeah, that's for you. Yeah, the water's for you guys. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm having a water no, by all like, means. This is gonna sit. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, something I've noticed, like, where like people really root for each other out here. Like, no matter where yeah. you're at with like, yeah. Yeah. No, no matter where you're at with your project or how much music you put out, it's like if you have an idea and you want to like, you know, and you're you're just starting to test things out. You're playing your first couple shows. Like, you're you're nervous. Like, people fucking empathize a shit ton with that because that was you. Yeah. That was you. Like, that was mm-hmm. all of us at one point. And like. This is just a very empathetic community, and I think yeah. it's a great community to, to start to at least like experiment with something that you you're thinking about doing, and yeah. I like there's so so much utmost support. Uh, yeah, that people get like so many not only music lovers but just generally amazing people in the community here that just want you to succeed. They care about what you're doing, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. True. I mean, and not to trash talk Chicago, but like. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> you and I are from Chicago, <laughs> from and Illinois, and yeah, uh, and I, I mean, Chicago's so much bigger, and it's, it's like bigger. It's a different kind of city. It's a business city. Yeah. Know? Here we have like a very much, I feel like, historically industrial city, right. and I think that lends a lot to the type of communities that exist here now. I mean, I'm not up on Milwaukee history, but just from what I've seen, yeah, um, we we're talking about you know, sort of diving into the music scene here. I've only been spending any amount of time up here since, like, the beginning of this year. Yeah, so, same. So, yeah. um, just, even, like, running into people on the street. Like, people here are so kind. And if they're not kind, they're friendly. And it's, like, mm-hmm. the amount of support you see, like, at, at shows, people are polite. They're kind yeah. to one another. They're not being jerks about things just because they think it's cool to be jerks about things. And, I mean, that seems like the bare minimum, but yeah. having played shows in Chicago when I was in that band briefly, it's rough down there. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll... Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, like, there's this there's this different kind of vibe, I guess, to use a, 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 a term that I'm not super... It's a vibe. You see, it's a vibe. Oh, it's a vibe. There's a vibe. Yeah. There's a vibe. Vibe check on Chicago. There's a universality to that. There's vibe check. Sort of, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like you, like just going to shows more and through knowing you, like going to these really interesting, like experimental shows and, you know, even going to the improv workshop. You never know who's going to show up to that improv mm-hmm. workshop because it's open to anyone. So 
there's people of all different experience levels. I mean, yeah. there's like me level, and then there's even below me, which I didn't think was possible. <laughs> um, but the support, I mean, even the, the people that are studying music, they're going off to college for music, they've already studied music, and they're, they're maybe not as well-versed in improv, maybe they are, but they're definitely up there in terms of like understanding of music theory or how to play their instrument. They're so kind. Yeah. and supportive and they understand like oh you just want to be here to experience this and figure it out and maybe you know maybe after this you'll decide it's not for you maybe it is for you but either way I'm going to make sure that like I'm supportive of you when you're here yeah and of course that's something that like is so refreshing oh yeah <laughs> I yeah and like I'll give an example like case in point like when I covered your honeymooners show at high dive like I think it was like a month and a half ago, right. yeah. um, your voice was hurting, and you like you were sick, and like you were no. you couldn't really like Terrible. sing. Yeah, like you couldn't really sing yeah. the songs that you had just written. That yeah. you know, like you were bringing in people f like for you know, like people that weren't really familiar with like your voice as much. Like were you know hearing like these songs, and like. And I remember, like, people were so supportive of you anyway because, like, they, right. you know, like, they sympathized that you were sick, but you were still, you know, playing what you could. And then Matt Glassell, like, he was... took a picture and was like, hey, like, look, guys, like, Eli, like, you know, even despite he didn't have much of a voice, like, he played his songs tonight and, like, he, you know, like... And, like, he's working on some great stuff, and, like, yeah, you know... Yeah, it's funny you mention that, because I specifically... This is, like, gonna sound corny, but I remember his Facebook post, which is, yeah. like, an absurd sentence to say out loud. But, yeah, it's funny, because I just remember I felt like shit about, like, playing that night, and he posted something, like, it's, like, mind-blowing, or blowing my mind, or some shit. I was like, Matt okay. Matt is an angel. Matt, Matt is... Shout-out to Matt. Shout-out to Matt, <laughs> because <laughs> Matt's seriously, like, He's, one of the best dudes out here. He's so great. Yeah. yeah. So... Like, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean... I yeah, mean, it's a testament, I think, to, you know, how supportive this community is, and, you know, I, I think that made me feel... <laughs> that made me feel uh, so much better that night. I was feeling, like, terrible, I, I think, mentally and physically, and I think... Um, just like my friends who came out, you know, were really kind. Lonnie was being really supportive that night, and um, yeah, I think that's a testament to like how supportive this community yeah, is. Yeah, it's and, really. Um, it felt really good. We're in like in a much more like cutthroat environment. Like people would be like, "Oh, you shouldn't have played." Yeah, uh, yeah or like, totally, "Oh, totally. like that yeah. sucks." Like you're I know better than that. I people would have said like, "Yeah, like." Oh yeah, it, yeah, 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 and and that's kind of like, what. Whoa. That's kind of what Lonnie is, uh, that's kind of what you're attesting to about, like, back home in Chicago, like, you know, people are gonna be fucking assholes if they don't like what you're playing, and, like, I've, I've, like, never seen a show in Milwaukee where people have, like, actually, like, like, outright been, like, disrespectful or disparaging to the artist when they're yeah, playing. Yeah, and no matter like, what, like, even if they play, you know, there's time, I think even more forgive. Uh, if, if someone messes up and they keep playing, like, that's right. great, good job. Yeah. But if, and if someone boos you for that, like, fuck that person. Oh, yeah, they're... Like, that doesn't happen really, but, like, if even yeah. if, like, you don't like the music, the band is not very good, they played too long, they're, you know, you don't like the way that the person is acting on stage or whatever, everyone is still respectful while they're mm -hmm. playing, they clap, they're kind, you'll even see a couple good sets, 
Because we've been there in a band that's not good and you don't really oh, yeah, like yeah. the material and maybe you don't oh, really yeah. get along with the people, yeah. but it, or and not even from a sense of like we've been there, it's just like a base amount of respect. But I remember a couple times, you know, like shows that I played in Chicago, it's like or been to in Chicago, people can just there's like a sarcastic yeah. nature or sort of like a, yeah! Right, nice yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking and about. Self -serious, not, the kind yeah. of self-seriousness and implied hierarchy of, you know, yeah, like, performers. And, and the gear snobbery and everything. <laughs> I just like, that's another thing yeah. of Milwaukee that's so cool is like, people will play out of any kind of amp yeah. that they have. <laughs> Yeah. Like this guy's playing out of a practice amp sometimes. And yeah. I'm just like <laughs> like a pill bottle amp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. That thing's yeah. sick though. That thing is really cool. Thing's pretty but sick. like yeah. nobody cares what kind of guitar you're playing. Nobody cares what your drum set's made out of. Nobody cares what keyboard that is, you know, like if uh, it's something cool, they'll say, Hey, that's really right. cool. But they and won't sit there like, Oh my god, like ooh, right. they're playing a squire. <laughs> Ew. And to people like me who don't even play music, it's like I don't give a fuck what you're playing. No, it's <laughs> like it all I care about is like what are you gonna do with it, you know? Like yeah. that's the point, yeah. Right. Yeah. Point. Right? Like, so, like I don't give a shit. I mean Yeah. God bless Chicago. Yeah, no, there's I, I there's no hate on I love Chicago to death. But, I love Chicago. We're done comparing. But Milwaukee, I don't really compare, but Milwaukee is just so refreshing. It's yes. so cool, and like that's part of why I feel really, for me personally, I felt like oh my god, maybe like I can play a show here one day yeah. and like have a good time. And in terms of gear snobbery. This is kind of separate, but it's it a just new topic for me. I'm not familiar with this one actually. <laughs> oh well, you know people are right. Well, people are just super like I pretentious date, about what they're playing. I date with. the gear snob ones, yeah. and it was just like it's just kind of pointless. You just know? don't do it. But it, is, it just yeah. made me think of how much fun we've been having playing on objects. Like we play very unconventional. I mean, like we'll measuring cups and kitchen knives. Yeah. You are someone who, in it's your solo awesome. music, plays with measuring cups, a kitchen knife, a screwdriver. You play with a quarter. Yeah, because I because I can't afford guitar pedals. <laughs> no, it's really refreshing, and you you can't really get that sound through anything that, else. That's a good point. You know? Yeah, and, and so, there's a key thing you just <laughs> said is that just because you can't afford it doesn't mean you can't still make music with what you have and oh I yeah mean, that's that's I think the crux that, of what I'm doing right now yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah I think that's kind of like a direction that music is taking is like people are making music out of unconventional sounds and objects and textures and like that's like some real true like instinctive creativity so that's a great way yeah. Of fuck yeah, yeah. Like, I have like a bunch of guitar pedals that sit inside a chest in my room and I don't touch them because I don't want to play guitar you bring me the auto harp and I get out my bells and I have this little the metal ball. My metal sphere and I'm having a I'm like ready that to play for so three sick. hours. So it's like we've been playing I mean, I think some of the first times that we've like improvised proper together were like at breakfast. We had a bunch of candles and, <laughs> and, and glasses, juice yeah. glasses and coffee cups and we just started nice. hitting them with our cutlery and we're like, Ooh That's <laughs> awesome. We should record this. Oh, yeah. It's like making do with what you have and also just like yeah, I'm gonna play on this mug. It sounds sick as fuck. Like, what? <laughs> what's right. wrong with that? Not that anyone's saying there's anything wrong with that. But it's like, <laughs> That's a great thing. Think about what do I need? Like a, a fucking Rickenbacker for when my yeah. auto harp sounds sick, fucking blown out through a contact me through the PA at the like, jazz gallery. <laughs> you know what's an example? Think about think about the cup song. 
Remember oh, that cup God. song that Anna Kendrick did? Yeah. 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 It's like, I mean, yeah, like, as annoying as that got after a while, like, it was still, like, a song that was created because of a simple, like, of a beat created with, like, a cup routine. Which that's, is pretty which fun. Is, I mean, I yeah. Mean, it's like a choreographed cup thing, and then everybody wanted to learn it. And it turned it, into a pop like sensation. A thing. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, yeah, it's a cup. Right, yeah. And, like, <laughs> it's, it's a fucking cup, you know, and, like, I, like... By all means, like household objects. Um, oh my god, have you seen that Frank Zappa interview where he plays the bicycle? No, oh, no. You're gonna have to send that. that to, you send that to both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, I, it's on some famous talk show. I can't remember who, but you'll know. He's being such a dick to young Frank Zappa. He's so ahead of his time. I mean, he's young. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm gonna play the bicycle. Well, yeah. And he plays right. the spokes and he does this whole thing. It reminds me of have you ever seen the video of John Cage like playing. Uh, Playing or like doing a, a piece, it's like on some show in the fifties. No. It's like water walk, and it's it's crazy because like the, the audience, these. the audience <laughs> yeah, is literally like the audience is straight up like laughing at him during the TV oh. broadcast. It's crazy, but at the same time he's so like he's got this conviction about what he's doing. Oh, he's yeah. like so serious, and he's got these this amazing array of objects and stuff. It kind of yeah. reminded me of that. Yeah. Totally, like Trout Mask Replica by Captain Beefheart is, <laughs> was one of those polarizing records of its time. I'm but, sure, yeah. Yeah, like it was very polarizing. It got really negative press, but now like that's one of those important records that ever came out in the 20th century. And like, yeah. something that is gonna be, when we're talking about music history, it's an oh, album yeah. that's going to be cited, you, you know? You can't go on PMC and look at a single chart without seeing that little shroud. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, and, that, and that's the thing. is like the most amazing music has been music that has been made out of something that, you know, people thought was preposterous at first. But it turned into a sonic experiment that, that challenges the norms of of, you know, what's, of, of, like, what works within creativity. And now, like, you know, people can make music out of just about fucking anything. I mean, you, you're, like you said, like, your, your record, like, came out, like, you literally, like, went out doing field recordings at the Port of Milwaukee, and, like, you know, you were working with radio and, like, tape, and, like, tape loops and, you know, like sounds that were just simply manipulated from their environment, and that becomes a record. You know, yeah. and like that's music that I tend to gravitate towards because it's something that you created because of something that like you thought was cool to turn into music, and you shared that with people that listen to it, and you know, it, it gives people the fact, the idea that music doesn't just have to be something with like a conventional pop formula. It can be, you know, it can be like, you know, made of tape loops. It can be plunder phonics. It can be glitch. It can be ambient drones. You know, it can be like <clears throat> so much. It's super cool because I feel like that's something that it's been around for a long time. But yeah. <clears throat> lately I feel like this sort of experimental, I mean, this vast pool of what you would call experimental, I suppose, has been getting so much more exposure. And maybe and maybe that's not really happening, and it's just me, like... I think you're right. Seeing more yeah. of it, but I feel like I'm seeing more of that, and, like, even with 
coming up here, the, the experimental scene is so alive up here. Yeah. yeah. And like seeing people still still doing this and coming oh up with new yeah. things and you know trying old things and redoing those. I mean, there's no. I suppose you could say that there's no original sound. <laughs> but <laughs> I no, I no actually agree what, with that a lot. No matter what, yeah. I mean, there's new patterns and new ways of executing it, and different tones being created in different sequences, sequences of events and things happening. It's just really exciting to see, you know, something that I feel like has been so neglected, having people start to listen to that more. Mm -hmm. um, I know some people can be kind of project protective of records and genres and be like, well, I listened to this, you know, when I was, a, you know, me, I'm like, yeah, I listened to Pavement when I was like 10 years old. Right, you're right. Like, like, you did. I did, but like also, you know, I, I like that people like Pavement. I don't know. Right. Like, Pavement's like, great. Yeah. Pavement's great. Pavement yeah. is a very influential indie rock band, you know, it's like they, they and they, band. yeah, and they shaped the, they shaped indie music, like, in, like rock music, like, you know, that eventually folded into a lot of the music that's out now, like, yeah, so it's like, I feel like some people are, sometimes there's an idea of being protective of maybe an underserved genre or record or artist or something like, well, now, mm, and I liked it, and now everybody else likes it, and it's like, yeah, but like, for me, I guess, I guess it's a little different, because I haven't really been participating in experimental music in public for a long time, but, um, it's cool to me that that's something that is is uh, spreading and mm -hmm. becoming more. I think it's it's something that's so accessible. Like a lot of people think that like kind of this kind of music is inaccessible because it's hard to understand or it's weird or it's maybe not necessarily what they're used to. But even playing it, I feel like it's something that's super accessible. Anyone can play especially music. improvised music. Especially improvised yeah, music. Yeah, what yeah. we've been doing, I mean, anyone can can do it, and that goes back yeah. to like. That improv workshop, I think, is so so cool that anyone's able to come and understand that, like, this is something that you can do. I mean, it's the basis of human interaction. In the beginning, we play with each other as kids. We're playing, you know? It's literally playing. <laughs> and whatever you have, you can bring it. Or when you're at home, you can use it. And, I mean, anyone is able to sing. Anyone's mm -hmm. able to dance with their body. You know, it's something that's, that's so basically human. So I think... Like this type of music getting a wider audience is really cool if everyone can understand like, oh wow, like this is something that I can do if I want to do it. It's yeah, cool. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> beautiful beautifully said. Um, yeah. So on that note, uh, so where uh, are y'all with um, you know, with Recording and uh, putting something out as Armalaria. Armalaria. We think Ma malaria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, malaria. Where, where are you folks uh, um, so, with recording? Yeah, yeah, I can give you a kind of update. Yeah, we went on a road trip um, recently to uh, like basically the south. We went to like the Smoky Mountains and the Ozarks and. Oh. Texas and Oklahoma, and I brought my Zoom recorder and we recorded a bunch of improvisations in I think each place, um, and uh, we also um, took recordings before our first show, um, like about a month ago in September, um, just kind of to like document our setup, kind of, um, and we're putting out a tape that compiles recordings we took before our first show 
and then also recordings we took on the road trip, and it's called Home Away. Um, and uh, yeah, it's still just improvised stuff. Uh, I don't think I've introduced this project yet in this interview, but Armillaria is basically just free improv stuff Lonnie and I are doing, um, meaning, oof, it's kind of a broad really thing. Really improvised. Really improvised, so there's no, <laughs> there's no constraints on like, instrumentation. Um, we also don't uh, conceive of any forms before we play. It's just like we go and we kind of respond to each other in the moment. Lonnie usually ends up playing like percussion, uh, like objects and stuff, um, and auto harp. And I play like guitar and occasionally violin, and we both like sing or vocalize or whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. um, and in any given improvisation, any of these things can kind of pop up. And it's it's been really fun. I've like really enjoyed playing with Lonnie, and it's it's really exciting. Um, yeah, because you never know what's going to happen. It's kind of for me like improvising is this perfect kind of synthesis of my like intellectual uh, craving for like interesting, stimulating music, but it's also like stimulus. this stimulus. But it's also like Intense. this amazing emotional experience of being able to connect with someone. You know, in the moment of playing. It's very yeah. interesting because it's when you improvise alone, it's such a different experience. Way different, yeah. Having to sort of have this dialogue between you and another person. Because, yeah. You know, and, and either way, it's incredibly stimulating, but there is that added emotional element or interpersonal element where you have to, like, oh shit, like, wait, I'm doing this, okay, now I need, you know, and having to yeah. adjust and like, to another person in real time, it's really interesting. Yeah, and I think the moments of, like, intense connection with someone that goes beyond language is for me like a really amazing emotional experience with mm -hmm. improvising and it's what, really cool that's yeah. awesome i've been stoked on yeah fuck yeah yeah and on this trip i yeah. mean it's been really fun uh i'm trying to remember which exact ones we put so we, we chose uh we did recordings in the great smoky mountains and in the great salt plains in oklahoma and we wow those are the recordings from that trip that end up on the tape. Uh, listening back to those and kind of remembering where we were yeah, when we were recording yeah. those and even like when we were playing them, kind of being informed by that environment. I remember when we recorded in the Smokies, I thought that this 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 like park ranger guy stopped by our camp and was like, oh, you should go down this trail and see this, there's a little clearing and you can see the sunset. And I was like, okay. And I thought that's what he said, it was at this certain trail. So we took this trail, <laughs> we had our instruments, it was like close to sunset. I've got my guitar, I've got all my dolls, you've got the auto harp, you've got your guitar. Yeah. I've got like a bag full of beer and percussion objects. And we're like <laughs> trekking, trudging down this trail, and there's mosquitoes, and it's like kind of damp. And we get, we find, we're like going and going and going, and we're like, oh, like, we should try to get to the end, where's this fucking thing? <laughs> and as time goes on, we're like, oh my god, how long is this fucking trail? Just I thought it was going. like half a mile, yeah. and it just kept going and going and going, and we finally, we're like, oh, yes, we'll go up there. We find this, like, it ends, we get up there, and like, there better not be a road up there. And Eli gets up there ahead of me, and he's like, guess what? <laughs> There's a road. And it's it like, just, not it's, a cool remote spot. It's no, just like a road. No, the trail just <laughs> spat us out onto this, like, lawn with a road. I'm like, where's the, what? <laughs> so I'm like, did we miss a turn? I don't know. And either way, like, we're both, like, I've got, like, a ligature mark from my makeshift guitar strap that I've made mm. out of rope to, like, strap it on. Because I thought we're going to just go for a little stroll, just throw it on my back to get the acoustic guitar or whatever. And we're sweaty, and it's, like, starting to, like, maybe sprinkle a little bit. We're like, okay, well, I guess we'll just... 
walk back and find a spot and we're like both really pissed off. Eli's like, you think that the guy that works here would know what he's <laughs> talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Start walking back. Like, how about this spot? No, okay, how about, uh, what about here? Mm, no, and we're both kind of just like, oh, this one, no. And finally, we're just like, all right, here's the spot. He sits up on this little hill. We're just in the middle of the trail. I'm like sitting on a log and we crack open some beers. <laughs> And you record. Nice. <laughs> and and listening back to that, I'm like, man, like, sometimes you can kind of feel like that. Yeah, it's this amazing thing sort of where like tension and like we're in the woods and it's getting dark and we're trying to do this. And the recording was like this great archive of like just our experience being there. In addition to being like musical, it's just like a great kind of archive of us traveling and being frustrated and like grappling with other shit and kind of finally just playing music and having fun and yeah, like all this stuff like wrapped up in the thing. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it was really fun. The the kind of emotional energy that's coming through kind of evolving right. towards the end. And yeah, the ones from yeah. the salt flats, we had Those were so fun. much fun at the salt flats. I mean, Those were amazing. It was yeah. just this bizarre right. landscape where there were all these people digging up crystals in the ground. <laughs> there's a certain type of gypsum that you can only find in the salt flats yeah. of Oklahoma. And there's all these people out there like digging and digging. We're like, there's spider webs like flying through the air and sticking to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was incredibly windy because it's just this plane, you know. It's like not. It's Oklahoma. I mean, there's no wind or any or no trees or anything. So it's just wind, like from all directions. And we decide we're gonna set up in front of the car because maybe the car will prevent some wind from coming. But it's just still coming. We we sat on this this weird salty ground and there, all of a sudden there's like all these flies I was eating an apple and there's all these flies and, but we ended up figuring out we could set the zoom zoom inside of my backpack because there was so much wind and we ended up being able to record some really great improvs yeah and nice. those were some of my okay. favorite of the trip and I think just like the environment was really cool and so yeah. yeah that's something that's also cool like being able to be informed by that as you're making your decisions Musically, I suppose it doesn't really necessarily consciously come come forth as much. I think, in but like sort of sort of the environment that you're in and stuff can kind of play into that, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. Well, we're excited to see it. Make sure you guys submit it to Breaking and Entering because oh. I want Breaking and Entering to cover more experimental shit. Cool. So please, please send it. To us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, we also do have a couple of things on Bandcamp. Oh, we yeah. We have some yeah. recordings on Yeah, yeah. we oh. sometimes just like upload. Yeah, just like random improvs yeah. we'll things. do at home. And I think the ones on Bandcamp are solid. Yeah, I think those they're, are really they're fun. good. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, we're going to close out. Um, so, folks, uh, so what I ask every guest uh, as we conclude Eli, what keeps you up at night? Oh man! It's <laughs> <laughs> right for the the gut. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's a tough one. I, I feel like my answer might be like five answers. Yeah, me farting in my sleep. <laughs> oh, that too. Yeah. What did you say? I said me farting in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That'll oh definitely. <laughs> I guess one is my cat. My cat Arthur. He's amazing. I love him, but he. I, sometimes I let him sleep in my room and he just keeps like trying to play with me and it's yeah. bizarre. That's a more concrete thing. I think in terms of like abstract, like terrifying thoughts, um, 
<laughs> uh, my <laughs> and the, like total uh, sense of inadequacy as a person. Number one, number two, um, the futility of the way our society functions on a global scale, economically and politically. Um, those are the main two. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's about it. Oh, I I struggle a lot with like. I feel like I struggle a lot with that too about when you're talking about the futility of like socially, politically, economically with the rest of the world, like what you as an individual can do oh. because like we have so much privilege, like in so many ways, like compared to like so many other sectors of the world and like, um, I, I feel like I always question myself and like, well, what can... What's like the best way I can help marginalized folk, like with what I'm capable of, and like I always question that all the time. Is like, am I, like, I know I'm never like you can never be doing enough, like, especially as a white cisgender well, man. Well, and it's really hard but... because the systems that are in power are trying to make you feel like you're responsible for everything, environmentally, socially. So it's like, even. You know, you can help people organize, or or you can you can you can organize with your peers to you know protest. You can do mm -hmm. this or that. But it's like at the end of the day, how much? Yeah, how much can you do? I mean, you can right. use your voice to to speak up and make space for other people to speak. Yeah. But at the same time, like even you know, it's like the plastic straw and thing. like this, this systemic racism that's happening, the mm -hmm. discrimination between you know or against like queer folks or you know even just like people of color in general all the time. Mm -hmm. It's something that on a, on a small scale, like you can use your privileges as a white cisgendered male, supposedly to, you know, make space for people to speak and, and share their thoughts and stuff. But like on another level, it's like, how much can you, it's kind of the, right. it's kind of the thing of like, oh, you need to put your mask on. You need to put your oxygen mask on mm -hmm. first before helping others because like as, for me, like, as someone with, like, issues <laughs> in my life, like, how much are you going to be able to help people if you can't take care of yourself? Right. And it's a constant, like, shitty battle to go between yeah. me. Like, I don't want to be selfish in this way. And, like, how can I help people? But it's, like, we're we are living under a system that pits people against each other all the time and makes you feel bad for not being able to help, makes people feel bad for feeling like they need help. And, you know, the plastic straw thing, what, what I was going with is, like, Corporations can pander to to each other and can say to us like, "Oh, you should stop using so much plastic." Meanwhile, they are the ones that are, you know, how how many people causing are most of the pollution exactly. that like, our country experiences. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're in a system that pits us all against each other. And and it's economic very, gaps. Yeah. yeah, and you know, we're all just trying to stay. I feel like I'm coming off as like, ooh, you shouldn't hold No, not at all. No, I'm glad you, I'm glad you like brought that up. Though. It's such a complicated yeah. thing that can keep us all up at it's night. Fucking, it's like, we're all trying to stay so afloat hard. in our own right. Yeah. Like, people ask me, or like, it's the little thing of, you're at the Pet Smart, it's like, donate to save homeless pets, yes or no? And I'm like, I can't pay my bills. I'm not going to donate to these cats. <laughs> like, I saved these cats off the street, and those are the cats that I'm here buying right. food for. Like, I can't. Yeah. How much can you do at this very moment? Right. Is something that is so. 
Mm. Like we have, we have puts the burden on the wrong it puts of, the burden on the right. wrong people, people in yes. the organization. Whereas you know, if you had a different system, you wouldn't have to make these we wouldn't kind have of to, decisions. Yes, you know? exactly. The right. burden, the feeling Lies that the burden on falls on everyone is that like we shouldn't have to be right. We you only know, have, striking yeah. for proper wages for people. We shouldn't have to be having to do this, but because the way that things are working right now in this society, it's right. like... Both mentally, physically, economically, like we have very finite utility as just everyday citizens of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you know, like... Yeah. It's disgusting! It's fucking awful, and uh, I gotta say is like, y'all better vote. <laughs> yeah, vote Yo. and like, maybe like, one day we can... Hopefully we at least move in a direction that's abolish, okay. uh, the, abolish the police. Abolish the state. Hashtag okay. ACAB, ACAB, ACAB. Abolish the state. Right. Abolish um, ICE. Abolish, just abolish the prison it. industrial complex. Like yeah, abolish we don't want prison. Much. We don't want reform. We want abolition. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> which is a, which is actually yeah. a, which is actually a, a concept I didn't even learn about until this year. And abolition is like. You think of it, you hear abolition, you think slavery. Yeah. Not, you know, freedom from modern slavery. Correct, yeah. Under yeah. our prison system, you know. Right. Um, everything, yeah. So Lonnie, on this note, uh, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, mostly it's like, um, I have, uh, not as much as I used to, but sometimes I still do have like pretty gnarly intrusive uh, ruminations mm -hmm. and auditory hallucinations. Um, a lot of the time it'll be like the same kind of thought going over and over again relating to like my worthlessness. Auditory hallucinations are kind of annoying because like a lot of the times it'll be like, imagine like right behind you there's a guy going, ah! And that like happens while I'm trying to sleep, which is pretty uh, annoying. Um, but most of the time it's kind of just uh, replaying scenarios and thinking about, oh, Shit, I fucked it. Oh, mm, mm -hmm. ah, man. Oops. Oh, bad. Yeah. Oh, ow. Oof. Yeah. Oh, oh. And thinking about, you know, how I'd rather not have a body on this physical plane. It's, it's <laughs> so, fucking challenging reality. It's a lot. <laughs> I, yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, just reality yeah. in general, and then, like, as selfish as it sounds, more... Uh, in the night, more, like... You're, uh... You're bad, mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of just this 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 deep self-loathing that crawls out in the night, which and you, that goes back. You all probably hashtag same, hundred percent. Yeah, and we can talk more about that on camera actually. Societally, uh, it makes you feel worthless as <laughs> yeah. well. It's just you just can't. Yeah, but it goes back to the whole um, disparities between what we can do as an individual yeah. versus what we hope we could do. Yeah. yeah. On a more positive note though, what puts you to sleep? Puts me to sleep. Music a lot of the time, different kinds of music, and also just being exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. I mean, usually music, yeah. I think. I, for some reason, I, I have the strong association of music in general with sleeping. I don't know why, maybe because like that's mostly when I listen to music, it's hard for me to find time to like listen to records, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm awake 
you know, like more of those. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, like during the day. So like at night, I'm usually like I'll put on a record and I'll try to listen to it all the way through and fall asleep. And um, it's a lovely ritual. It's great. It's quite, yeah. yeah. And so for me, that's really comforting. Um, and puts me to sleep. Yeah, that's yeah. solid. Eh? Yeah, auditory stimulation can be very relaxing. Definitely, totally. What puts you to sleep, Lonnie? Um, it's a cocktail of uh, lithium, melatonin, <laughs> duloxetine, and uh, a little bit of caffeine. Uh, yeah. Well, make a cup of coffee sometimes before I go to sleep. <laughs> Interesting. And, and I sit out and I have a cigarette and I wait for the meds to kick in and then I go to bed. Lately, I've been, I've been, uh, I used to sleep with the TV on. Constantly, I had to sleep with a radio on for like really bad 10 for years. my mom's yeah. uh, electric bill. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Keiko. I live with my mom. Hashtag no shame. Keiko. Hashtag Keiko. Keiko is based 100%. <laughs> She's great. Bless up. Um, but yeah, I used to have to sleep with the radio on actually because when I was in middle school, I had this intense fear of zombies. So I thought that if I had the radio on at all times, I would hear if there was an update that zombies were coming. Oh. Did I tell you that? No. I slept with pop radio on for oh, wow. years because yeah. I had this like fear that zombies were gonna come. Like and I knew they weren't real, yeah. but like whenever I'd go to sleep I'd be like, They're coming the like, original <laughs> fear. Somehow, yeah. Um and so then that led to I was just sleeping with the T V on and now I try to just I had to sleep with podcasts on and different things and I try to just kind of make it as dark as possible in my room and kind of just lay down. And I used to have to have constant stimulus, I think, to mm -hmm. kind of distract me from other things. Yeah, same, yeah. But lately it's it's not been as bad and I've been able to just be in the darkness with my medication and <laughs> drift off. Oh, my weighted blanket. Oh, that's me. There you go. Shout weighted out to blankets weighted blankets. Are great. <laughs> um, as someone who has like some, some sensory uh, weirdnesses, they're huge for me and like they've become more mainstream. Um, which is which is great. We got to thank the uh, the community of people who used them before, all of us regular people, people, people who have autism, people who need pressure stimulus. Thank you for these weighted blankets showing up in my Target store. It's great. It makes you hot, but it feels great. Also, I've been listening to a lot of Judge Judy at night. Nice. <laughs> Lately, I've been I've been really depressed the last like <laughs> couple <of> weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Judith Scheinlin, and uh, <laughs> uh, man, she's oh god, she's amazing. So, and then I'll just put my phone next to my head and I'll fall asleep. And uh, I have to use three alarm clocks to wake up. Oh yeah, but, right, uh, yeah, that'll knock me out. You have to fight out of that REM sleep. Oh that's my for sure. god, when I nap, I nap for six hours. Oh, yeah. It's not good. <laughs> I became crepuscular. <laughs> no, it's no way yeah. to be for a human primate. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, thank y'all for being on the show. Thank you. I had a great time. Thank you. Yeah. This was thank so you. much fun. Yeah, this is a great time. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, check out Honeymooners as well as uh, Social at uh, Social Caterpillar and Karen's and all the other work that Eli is doing as well as check out <laughs> Emma really Emma. Animal Collective. Animal Collective. <laughs> okay. Check out Animal Collective, definitely. Absolutely. Also, uh, Amarillaria. Armillaria. Armillaria. Ar 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 <laughs> Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.